So guys, this is the Halloween edition of the Yeah You Ride podcast. That's right. So Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, you too. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, it is a little spooky in here. Get the lights <laughs> turned down kind of low. Um, so uh, what's, uh, what's your cycling-themed Halloween costume you guys are going to wear? I think classic would be uh, the devil. DD the devil. Mm, DD the devil. Good one. Devil on Mom Von 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a, a shout out to Stephen Beaumont. Came up with a great costume for our, uh, our uh, what's that race that we used to do there, Bodie? Uh, Swamp, Swamp Lacrosse. Lacros. Yeah, where he was, uh, he had a U.S. postal kit and a helmet with uh, like one of those beer drinking helmets, but it was blood bags. Oh, that was great. Yeah. That was, that was an awesome one. Yeah. yeah it's good. Uh, I'm just going to go with Valverde. Vampire. <laughs> Well, good evening and welcome to episode 63 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T Bone. And hey there, T-Bone, this is Sicherio. Guys, I just flew back from Ridgeland, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> but seriously, though, my arms are beat. I don't think my arms have ever felt this sore after a cross race in a long time. Uh, Townsend, you and I were up at Spooky Cross this last weekend. It was a lot of fun. It was it was quite a weekend of good times. Um, we both raced multiple times yeah for sure and gosh between between the the bumps and the chatter uh and hanging on to the to the bars and uh and sort of pulling the bike up a bunch of those little pitchy climbs you're right man my arms are shot triceps just burned yeah i mean i think we both sort of have typical cyclist uh body shape where we've got you know muscles on the on our legs and and nothing up top so yeah, it was quite a workout. But uh, yeah, Spooky Cross inaugural year that uh, our friend Rolando Roman put the race on in Ridgeland at the Magnolia Ridge BMX track or Mag BMX. Mag uh, Ridge BMX. Mag Ridge, yeah. S- pretty fun course. Uh, it Well, you said that at the end you really enjoyed it. In the beginning you didn't. And I said I was the opposite, that I really enjoyed it like the first time I raced. But at the end of the hour race on Sunday, my fourth race of the weekend, I hated that course. Um, but I mean, explain the course to our listeners who didn't get to make it up there. Yeah, so I mean, it was essentially around the um, outside, uh, the periphery of a BMX course, uh, and in fact, at one point, cut through the middle of the BMX course. But the majority of it was was around the outskirts of it, and the BMX course. What would you say, Bodie? Kind of sat up a little bit high and the land generally sloped away from the BMX course in just about every direction. And uh, Rolando did a really great job of really using some of the elevation. I mean, it was maybe what was the, the, the max differential was maybe 25 feet between the highest and the lowest spot, but there was a whole lot of 15, 20, 25 foot little uphill kickers and, and a few nice little downhill uh, lots of off-camber traversing, and just generally speaking, I thought of great use of the terrain. There was a little creek that ran behind it, and there was a section sort of down, a little shady wooded section along the creek. There was another little shady kind of wooded section uh, down in some trees on the other side of the course. 
some big wide open straights, uh, some nice swooping turns around uh, trees, and uh, and then one of the most popular features of the course was uh, a couple sections on the BMX track where it was essentially kind of a pump track style rhythm section. Rhythm yeah. section, exactly. Yeah. It was very uh, very, very Euro, yeah. almost you would say. Yeah, just you know, we've, I don't know what race is that that has the pump track essentially that's all grass it's not uh not dirt baron cross Mullebecker. um foreshadowing to sunday's race had a little bit of that a uh, little bit of a rhythm section going on yeah but townsend you uh came away this weekend with your first ever cyclocross win i did I actually came away with thank you yeah uh, kudos yeah uh, yes. not just one well i actually i actually had had four first place finishes this weekend <laughs> Um, but the reality of it was, uh, that only one of those was an actual wire to wire, uh, coming across the line in first place in a race, which is something I had never done before. Cause he and ran a few categories together and ran a few together where I finished, you know, down in the order in the, in the race overall, but first in my category in that race. Uh, in fact, that was the, the case in each of the other three victories, um, but the uh, my final race of the weekend was the men's 40 plus four five race. It was a field of about nine of us, and uh, I got the whole shot in that race. I actually beat your girlfriend Emily for That's the whole true. shot. Uh, and T Bone Malone almost had to pitch a girlfriend in the tape. I don't know if you saw that, Bodie. <laughs> I think I, I I well I was cheering her for her to get the whole shot. I know she was gunning for it. She uh, was right on my left shoulder for a while, going into a 90 degree right hander. And I had to pour it on just right at the end. And, I, and I, I'm going to have to say, I kind of took her line away from it. It was a perfectly legit and legal move. There was nothing slightly you know, underhanded you or anything You shut the about door it. on my girlfriend. I shut the door on your girlfriend um, and, um, and, and did get the whole shot and never looked back. Just did uh, you, uh, away. Did you do the Ellen Van Loy move of like putting your hand out to say, this is my line. I'm taking this. <laughs> I didn't. I kept my hands bossing, on the bars. Bossing the whole show. That's a that's a pretty smooth move. Might have checked that next time. Yeah, we actually got a race. So you, we, Townsend, you and I got a race together twice this weekend. Yep, that was a lot of fun. The opening race. Um, I don't think we ever got it. We didn't get to really throw any elbows. You, you were, you actually let me by one time. You said, "Go on through, Bodie." Well, actually, I think I got. If I'm not mistaken, in both of those races, I. Th- think i got a better start than you did i'm gonna, I'm gonna say you did and uh I'll give that to you on that one and in the in the first race that we raced together uh you just you came around me at one point um uh, because i you know was just uh, not able to keep up with some of the leaders on the front and uh in the second race it was much closer to the whole sh- i got the whole shot on you but it was pretty quickly apparently apparent to me that uh, you know you needed to you needed to be by me, so uh, like a good teammate, I let you by. Well, thank you, and also like a good teammate, um, we executed a bike swap. Oh man! In the middle of the one two three race on Saturday, mm. we've never done this before. No, we literally were discussing saddle measurements while I was racing. I was yelling to you, my uh, <laughs> what? It's not the not my stack, but it's the, I was, I told your, your you. Your saddle height. I was like. Your saddle to BB. Yeah. yeah. I yelled. Yeah. I yelled. It was like, it's 70 centimeters. <laughs> so yeah, just to, to give it's you good this. that you knew that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know it. Yeah. So to give you Every the setup. Every bike racer should know that. Uh, Matt, you would have loved to have been there and you would have loved to have seen that. But first off, l- let me just say that 
you have just alluded to the fact that one of the best things that's ever happened to me happened to me this weekend. That is that I that I won a, a cyclocross race. So that was amazing in and of itself. But I do have to say, Bodie, my favorite moment from the weekend, uh, far and away better than winning that race, was executing the, those those two bike swaps with you. So I, I want to say that really made my weekend. Um, and to set so it up, so we 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 in terms of like who on the podcast, we'll split the, that those points. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's no contest. I am nowhere. I mean, I'm not even in the running in any way whatsoever. So uh, Bodie's in the the um, the featured race of the day, mm-hmm. the uh, one two three race at the end of the day. Well, I, uh, let's let's say that it's one of two featured races. Okay. Right. Yeah. The, the, the final race of the, the day. The final race of the day. So, yeah. Uh, and. Um, and I'm just there watching. I've finished my racing. Uh, Bodie comes by at one point and yells that he thinks he's got a leak in his rear tire. And I'm running clinchers, you know, tubes, just mm. Cat 5, Fred level stuff. So I started thinking to myself, uh, is there a way to to get Bodie a wheel? And, um, you know, I don't, honestly don't think there was another bike at the entire <laughs> Uh, course that was a uh, uh, rim brake 10 speed through at uh, rim brake 10 speed uh, quick release wheel. yeah so uh, I so went to uh, I mean it's vintage yeah. really at this right? point legacy braking system yeah. Yeah. yeah so I went to plan B in my mind which was okay I gotta find Bodie a bike well the natural choice was my bike uh, I know that Bodie runs SPDs I run SPDs uh, big difference is, and I, and I realized this as soon as Bodie uh, shouted out his saddle height measurement, my uh, bottom bracket to uh, seat top is 80 <laughs> centimeters. So 10 centimeters. 10 centimeters higher yeah. than Bodie. Yeah. Uh, I barely had 10 centimeters of, of uh, seat post uh, hanging out above. I, so I go slammed back. It. I slammed, slammed it seat. all the way down. Now, thankfully, I have uh, I'm longer in the legs and shorter in the reach. So even though the reach was still a little bit long for Bodie, I presumed it would be a little bit long. I thought, well, that's not going to be the problem. More arrow going to be the saddle height. Yeah. So I, I go and I, I and I slam down my my seat. Mm. Uh, I ride my bike over to the pit area. Bodie comes through. We talk uh, on his first pass by the pits. Make sure we've got everything right. He makes sure I've got you know SPDs, et cetera, et cetera. But now that explains the two black eyes you have because <laughs> you rode over with that uh, slam saddle. That's right. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, we have done a cyclocross clinic. Uh, shout out to Dan Teeley and uh, Rusty, Rusty Williford, Williford yeah. who uh, did show us the basics did of a bike swap yeah, at that clinic. They did. They did. No, I, was, I was about to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten um, all about that. But I have to say, the majority of my training in pit bike swap is from getting up at six o'clock in the morning and watching yeah, European totally. cyclocross racing. Yeah. Yep. So I'd seen it done a million times. Uh, never, and, I, and I'd had it described in Although detail at a clinic. Although they usually have two people for the bike swap. That's right. One the to one grab person, and one to yeah. pass off. The one person is very much a domestic sort of like, you know... Uh, Someone like Alan Krugoff, who's got one guy in the pit. You know, he's not a full squad like Trek or right. Telenafidea. So, all right. So, I, um, at, at the, when I when I was first standing ready for, for Bodie to come in, I, I realized I was standing on the wrong side of the bike. So, I got on the on the drive side of the bike mm-hmm. and I told Bodie, come around on the, it, 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 on the, directed him on which side to come around. I'm yelling at him as he's coming up. I said, you know, come around on the far side. So, 
somehow it just happened. I'm standing by the, the rear of my bike, holding the saddle just to balance it. Bodie comes in, executes a perfect dismount, rides right up to the rear of my bike. I stop his bike with my, with my left hand while still holding my bike with the right. He runs past, grabs my bike, and I let it go with my right hand, and he jumps back on. I'm telling you, it was it it was flawless. Flawless. I just got shivers listening to you describe that. Yeah. If only there were there were video of this, and we could see how. Well, pro I know. This I was. wish. Wait, but Matt, can you guess what happened during that bike change? What did I do? What did you do during that bike? Well, I noticed change? this, and it was beautiful. Uh. During that bike change, you shifted gears while you were running with it? No. No. As he was getting ready to what dismount his bike. What do you see in the, the, the Tour de France happens sometimes? Chris Froome has to make sure he has a certain device with him. Here's he, another. Oh, hit. you switched your Garmin <laughs> yes. or your, your Wahoo. You switched your Wahoo over and you both have Wahoo mounts. Yes. So you switched your yes, device. Yes, I grabbed. I don't. I, I just. I had to grab my data. I needed the data. Well, it's, so if I, it's not on Strava, it just didn't happen. Did I it? needed the full entire race. Yeah. For my because I'm a cat three, you know the to- hashtag cat three <laughs> memes, like yeah. straight up grabbed my Wahoo and it just boom right into his mount perfectly on my way. Well, you know that 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 you know that exemplifies that you are a cat three because yes. if you were a pro CXer, it would be have it on the watch. watch. Yeah. Totally great point. Uh, I actually had that that I was doing it, and then when we swapped back, because I I told him to go put so much psi in my tire, um, I just I had put my Wahoo in my jersey pocket because also Cat Five move. I don't have a 2018 Urban South skin suit. I sold it to Dan Swan because I thought I retired. Now I'm racing in jersey and bibs and cross, but I had a pocket just to put it in, so I didn't I didn't take it back out and put it on my bike. I just let it be. Well, it's um, probably good that there wasn't any video then. So we couldn't see that part of it. Yeah, yeah. I really wish there was because like I said, we'd never done that before. It mm. just, it, it flowed like no issue. And um, yeah, and then we were totally legit. We did all the swap in the pit. Like yeah. we, we, we stuck to the rules. I mean, literally like. Now, was it a two-sided pit? It was yeah. a two-sided pit. A- so the, the next half lap, did you guys do it again? Yes. Yeah. After I went and rode over to the car to pump it up with air because <laughs> there was no pump in the pit no pump in the pit but so, i don't think there's any problem with that so yeah. and what was funny was that it was say so i'm on canty brakes 10 speed you know old mm. school uh townsend has oh di2 di2 hydro disc which i've never ridden before mm. and so a few times i shifted into the wrong gear at one point the chain came off because I bumped the... Did the, you try to push the DI2 button harder to get into... Yeah, I yeah. didn't know what I was doing. He'd explained <laughs> to me earlier in the day, actually, so I kind of had an idea. I was like, there's yeah. a button. Where the hell is... Why is there a button? Like, it's 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 so silly because, like, with SRAM, you just push it in a little bit harder. And, like, or you push, push it lightly. Not mm. going to find a button to push. Anyway, bike swap. Um, the thing is, though... In the one, two, three race, there was four of us in that race. Scott Cuppersmith was in the race, so he was off doing his own thing. So really, it was a battle between me and Butch Sims. And by it, his own thing, you mean winning? Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we there was no chance we we're going to race with them. Like we kind of just let him go. Right. But uh, I actually lost that race to Butch, um, even with a bike swap. Yeah, but you you didn't lose it because of the bike swap. No, you had exactly the same lead on Butch after both of those bike swaps than you did when before you did the first bike swap. So I just I just died. Um, 
but yeah, so that was probably the highlight of the weekend. That's although, awesome. Although on Sunday, um, there was three of us in the race, which we'll get to this later. But so once again, it essentially just me and Butch racing each other for an hour right. to get second. Yeah, that that was. I, I was going to say I had I had a few notes about highlights of the weekend. Of course, the one was my winning my first race. The second was that awesome bike swap. The third was your uh, day one and day two battle with Butch. Um, culminating with the the day two battle with Butch, which was really epic. You guys at one point were marking each other so closely that it, that it, as you came through the start finish line, at one point you guys both kind of stood up and almost stopped your bike to sort of stretch your backs out a little bit. <laughs> you guys, it, it it almost looked like you had resigned to you know kind of riding together and either you know just sort of sprinting it out at the end or seeing who you know who had it to to make a make a dig and make it stick but you came into the essentially the last little wooded section uh together you were in front and uh, there's one little pitchy climb up to essentially sort of a finish straight uh and and Bodie with the, the the crowd actually moved from the finish line to that to that top of that hill I don't know if you noticed that, yeah but, but we all wandered over there because we knew that's where the race was going to be decided and as you guys came up that hill out of those woods everybody that was left at the course was just screaming and screaming and screaming and you just you had the advantage because you were out front and you could control when the when the speed broke and you just broke it right up at that hill at the perfect moment and got about a 10 15 yard gap that butch could never close and came around and won it that was a that was great that was an exciting day congratulations for for getting butch back on on day two you guys battled it out hard and really gave the crowd a great race on sunday yeah, thanks. I mean, yeah, I got I got second. Scott had won. He took a hand up every lap and, and won handily. But uh, yeah, I mean, me and Butch uh, were going toe to toe. There was one part of the course that I was faster at. I was more technical, and there was another course a little more climbs. And Butch kind of has this old man diesel power, mm. and he was re- every time we went into climbs, he just he would hit him so hard, and I would just struggle to stay on his wheel. But then he'd get to the top, and he he'd, he'd stop because he needed to recover. And so we both kind of were just yeah, we essentially resigned. And at some point, I got in front and decided that yes, that was the point. I could I could sprint from that point to around, and I and I kept thinking like, man, should I should I put it in the big ring? Because I was in the little ring, and I thought, yeah, I should put it in the big ring. You know, I'll go even faster. And I was like, no, don't do that. You're gonna drop your chain. <laughs> Learn a freaking lesson. Like, take notes from your years of racing. Now, like, don't put it in the big ring. You don't need to. Um, so yes, that, that was fun. So even though it was a super small turnout and, and, you know, if, if Butch and I were in a, a regular sized Lambert one, two, three field, it might've been 10 or 15 people. And we probably didn't battle for sixth or seventh position. Yeah. It was still fun. I still got to actually race someone, try tactics, yeah. try moves, be defensive, be a, a, offensive. Yeah. And, uh, so I think I learned a lot this weekend and I was pretty stoked on that. You did mention the low turnouts. It was a low turnout overall uh, for the weekend, and that's a real shame because it was a great course and Rolando puts on great events. He'll have part two of his Mississippi Cyclocross Cup uh, in about three weeks mm-hmm. and hope people will show up for that. He does great races. He does. Uh, and, uh, and we hope the turnout's going to be a little bit better. But even with the you know, low turnout, uh, Urban South Racing showed up in force and walked away with a bunch of first places and a bunch of podiums. So great bunch weekend. of jerseys yeah. too. Great weekend for the team. Yeah, Rolando's got jerseys for all the uh, for all the category winners. Um, so that's another big takeaway from the week. Was a great 
great uh, wins for the team pretty much all across Emma the board. Emma Scott won. Yeah. Won the women's 4-5. Uh, Emily, yeah. girlfriend, won the women's open. All right, well, let's. Uh, what uh, what's next on the agenda after after a great weekend in Ridgeland? We've, well, there's there's more regional cross, right? That's uh, right. We've got uh, so so be, well, the weekend we before. Yeah, we had Boss Cross. Oh yeah. Speaking of shredding the patriarchy, the Boss Bike Collective uh, put on their second Boss Cross, Boss Cross Two: The Reckoning, mm-hmm. out of the People's Course. I, that's uh, not the name that I would have chosen. Obviously, it would have been Boss Cross Two: Electric Boogaloo. That is your sequel name for everything. Yes. Um, but this is the second time they've done this race. It is unsanctioned as a way to attract new cycling folks into yeah. the game. Uh, got a ton of sponsors, amazing, awesome sponsors. Yeah. We're doing a ton of prizes. Um, yeah, and if, the, and if the story of the race in Ridgeland this weekend was a disappointing turnout, I think the story of Boss Cross was awesome turnout. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I, we've discussed I think that you're always going to have great numbers in New Orleans. Obviously, we live here, so it's really easy to just want to make all the races here. I mean, but yeah, we had a really good turnout. Um, so they had a first-timers juniors race. They had a men's B single-speed race. Yep. They had a men's A, and then they had a WTF, a women trans femme, a and B race, which they combined and raced together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that was the, the biggest race. field of the day. Yeah, and a kids race. That's right. They had a kids race and, and a and a blue bike race, which is a bike share bike, mm-hmm. blue bike relay, blue, blue bike relay. Yeah. Um. So we actually Townsend, you and I got a race again. I raced the single speed, and you were in the B's. Yeah. And I think we both finished second in our races. We did. Yeah. Uh. Although I'm gonna just go ahead and say that me and Brian crushed you all, but that's okay because yeah, we're, you did. We're cat threes in a B field, so and, we and, should. And and I'm gonna go ahead and say, oh, actually, I didn't finish second. I finished third in that race. And I'm gonna go ahead and say that the combined ages of the two dudes that beat me in that race, th- their ages combined were not even my age. They were younger than I am combined. Who, who got first? Uh, Will Gonzaba. And how, uh, how old is he? He's 27. Yeah, okay. Is he? Really? Oh, Elliot's pretty young. Yeah. And you, Elliot. You are 51, racing age 51. Well, yeah, I'm 50 in reality. And, <laughs> and no matter how you do the math, those two dudes are not as old as I am, even if you combine their ages. Okay. Yeah, so hmm. kudos. Uh, good job. And we had Sir Cheerio here. Yeah. On the... I, I raced did? for six and a half hours on the wheels of steel. You... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that was, that's a marathon. Yeah. Kudos to you, thank you, sir, for providing the jams. Yeah. I heard you did. You did have one critic, though. Yeah, I heard but you. You, couldn't you were really hear him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were asked to play some music by the uh, Boss so Collective the boss that you'd collective, never you I, hadn't I asked, uh, so vetted. The, yeah, the Boss Collective. I asked them. I said, "Look, you know, I am the patriarchy, and uh, so if there are certain songs you would like played, please uh, send me a list of them and I will I will procure them to, to put in my playlist. So they gave me a list of songs and one of them was a Cardi B song that I hadn't actually listened to before and whether I had or not would have, you know, I would have still played it. But yeah. I played that song and uh, I guess the kids started arriving yeah, for the kids race true. and one of the dads came up to me uh, well, it was like walking towards me from a from a distance away, and I'm behind, you know, two six hundred watt speakers, uh, and he's like, 
gesticulating towards me, you know, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I can't hear you over the very loud music. And apparently his point was that... The very loud profanity. Very, yeah, that there was profanity in that song. His kid looked pretty young, I've got to say, and I'm sure his kid was not really bothered by the music. But uh, sorry, Dad, but, uh, you know, I'd be more bothered that you were smoking in front of your kid than the profane oh. words. That's just my word. You know, right. that's just how I feel. Anyway. Well, yeah, so just one critic, but otherwise it all went very swimmingly. Yeah, and I thought the event was, uh, was really awesome. Bodhi, you were, were the chief course designer. Yeah. And you took our existing people's course and sort of tweaked it. Um, I'm giving you 10 out of 10 stars uh, for the tweaks that you made. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wood Wood shred shred. again. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Uh, you did a great job. You didn't do a lot. You didn't do a lot. Not a ton. You did just enough. And again, anytime you're using tape on a course, it completely changes the character of the course. Um, because you're not looking down at the tried and true track on the ground. You're right. looking at you're the, the stakes line. and the tape, and you're looking for the line through there, and the line was definitely different. Mm. You know, there, Yeah, there are a few times where you wanted to follow the line into the tape. Um, I noticed that from watching the, um, the great video that was made by one of the crew from... Uh, great great crew from Pensacola again. Yes. Out, yeah. Shout out to all of them coming over. Um, yeah, thanks for coming over, guys. And looking in the video of that and seeing like the lines that were being taken that were off. I mean, there really is like a, a blue groove on that tape on that on that course, right? It's a single track yeah. line, and it was a lot of and like watching that video, there was stuff was way off those lines, which yeah, was which was great. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, just to quickly tie it up, I think that uh, I don't know. Like, add this into the list of things I'm now interested in you know podcasting racing training taking photos uh course designing Mm. you'd be like the greg norman of cyclocross because he also designs uh oh yeah like like it's like he charges like a million plus dollars to design a golf course all right well guys i will start off at like a thousand thousand bucks i'll design a Mm. really good cross course call me up yeah you're right at gmail.com on the google phone i think maybe you should start with like comping your race entry as uh, oh. something that somebody might, they might bite on that. True. Maybe that's better. All right. So speaking of designing courses, we're going to mm. be designing a course for uh, another upcoming race in New Orleans, the Swamp Otter Classic. Kudos to Matt for a wonderful name choice for a race that uh, the Yeah You Ride crew, the Boss Bike Collective and uh, Semi Tough Cycling Club. Uh, it was are- inspired by a uh, another small race that exists in California. Yeah. Different yeah. type of otter. Mm. in yeah. that race yeah it's a it's, this otter is specific to to the southern louisiana i see what you did there yeah so uh swamp otter classic on saturday november the 10th that'll be the next race in new orleans that's the saturday before the sunday dsgp race uh registration is live and up on uh usac it is going to be out at the location, the 40 Arpent Observatory, where we've done the two gravel races that uh, Kurt Jarrand has put on before. We've got the city of uh, Chalmette or the St. Bernard Parish government behind us on this thing. They're acquiesced to us using the property. Uh, yeah, I heard Sidney Torres may be coming out while he's filming how you flip this house or whatever. That's right. Yeah, it's camera crews may be following him out there. 
it's going to be fun. Uh, going to be a nice little mix of gravel and some levee that we're working with. So we'll mm. have some we'll have some off camera with some up and down. Thinking uh, about putting some barriers out into the swamp, so you've got there might be a, there might be a swamp run. <laughs> do what you got to do, man. Kidding. That's not going to happen. But yeah. Uh, and that is the Saturday before the Sunday DSGP race in Hattiesburg. And speaking of DSGP, this weekend, uh, two races in Baton Rouge, Saturday and Sunday, the yeah. opening of the Delta States Grand Prix of Cyclocross up in Baton Rouge. You guys get registered for that. I know pre-reg is a little bit low for that. Um, Baton Rouge is usually a good venue for cross and usually has a good turnout. So I'm hoping that, spot. that people might hear this yep. and go ahead and pull the trigger and get registered for that race. So I'm, you can... I'm, I've already signed up. Um, guys, I registered for single speed, but should I race the one, two, threes now? Yes. Yes, you should. I feel like I'm just easy. You don't have a single speed bike. And yeah, I got should... zip ties though. Uh, you should race. You should race one, two, threes. Do it. Uh, Do well, it. Well, I mean, it, it used to be pretty scary, the thought of racing an hour again, but now that I did twice this past weekend it's like you did oh, four races this weekend i know it's insane yeah like i don't know i my my recovery i need to like i need like three more days of recovery i think well you'll you'll have three more days of recovery before you got to race again it's to monday yeah you'll have to so. you'll have four, four so five when should, I, should I do any intervals this week or am i good i uh, think you should taper do, yeah taper and maybe do some openers on uh friday mm. to not ride my bike at all this week no do no. a little spin a little spin a couple little spins yeah, I'll do a spin tomorrow. Okay, so DSGP, DSGP is coming up. And uh, speaking of DSGP, the man, Peter Reed, who won DSGP 123s, the overall series last year, yeah, was not racing with us in Ridgeland this weekend. Either was Jack White. Jack White, who won, who's the, did Jack White? I know, D, uh, I know that Peter won the DSGP overall. But was Jack White the actual Lambert champion last year, or was that Peter Reed as well? I think it was Stuart Patrick. Stuart Patrick. That's right. I knew it wasn't Peter Reed. It was Stuart. I always get him confused with Patrick Stewart. Yeah. yeah. Also, me yeah. too. Um, anyway. Both, uh, both handsome, handsome gentlemen. Those yeah. dudes were out racing um, at King CX in Ohio. Sensi mm. Cross. Sensi. Yeah. Big, uh, the big C1, C1, C2. Um possible former site of the pan ams a few years ago i believe so yeah so shall we shall we segue over from us nobodies to the uh pro buddies let's do it all right So yeah, Jack uh, sent you a message. I think you you asked well, Jack, hey, how did it go, or something like that. It's all his Strava. Okay, a little Strava chat. Um, he he jumped into the UCI race. I believe yeah. that's probably his first elite UCI race. Yeah, awesome. C1. Kudos, I mean, kudos Stephen, there. Stephen Hyde was back. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you had um, who else? Spencer Petrov was back. I mean, you've got Jeremy Powers was back. I mean, this is. All the big names. The big is the big field, and I think Jack White. Uh, I think sounds like he learned a lot um, from that race. Yeah, got a seventh row start. <laughs> uh, said he crashed eleven times. Yeah. Oh. And uh, yeah. finished close to the close to the back of the pack. Yeah, I and I don't know if but you he guys, finished right. He finished. I think he got pulled, um, as I I would expect him to get pulled. Yeah. At a, at a UCI C one, uh, especially his first time. And I don't know if you guys have watched the uh, Crosshairs television this year. 
Um, but he, he's uh, Bill is now doing track walks where he walks with his camera and a gimbal. Yeah. And I watched that, and that that course uh, is no joke. Tons of off cameras. It's an old golf course. Mm. So every turn is off camber, and yeah. then it rained, so it was muddy and slick and slick. So mm. I can just imagine going from our DSGP Lambert courses to that is a huge step up. Um, yeah, but- so you, you watch these pros ride these courses, and I mean, on TV, of course, it never looks as hard as it obviously would look when you're out there in person, and you're watching these guys that have the skills to ride it, ride it, and you're thinking, oh, man, they should go faster, or oh, man, they didn't really take that corner that well. But Jack said to you after this race, he was like, man, I just didn't have... And, 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 and Jack is a guy who can shred our local races, no yeah. problem, right? I mean, he's a... Yep. He's a a little bit of a wild man, but he's a he's a totally wild man. He's he's a he's a he's got a youthful youthful exuberance though right. mm. that makes up for some of his lack of you know proper tire pressures and, and treads. You know he just yeah. kind of bull in a china shop kind of guy, which works really well. Yeah, in but he can, I mean he can make his way through any course around oh, here without yeah. without crashing or sure. Or, you know, yeah, and he just he said to you that he just absolutely didn't have the uh, the skills to ride that Sensi course, and and it really goes to show you if somebody as talented as Jack is saying that you know it really says a lot about how talented these pros are at 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 riding their bikes around these courses i yeah. agree mm-hmm. um and and speaking of talented pros i mean we had friend of the friend one the c1 do you guys know who that is sorry sorry not friend of friend friend wait of a friend of the podcast uh, that would be gage hecht won the oh, right. uh, c1 UCI friend Saturday, of this is the Saturday race. Yes, yep. the yep. C1 race. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a f- uh, friend of uh, Vince G. Yeah, his yeah. mechanic on yeah. a velo a velo cycling. Yeah, um, awesome. I think that might be Gage's first C1 win. I could be wrong. He did win the U.S. Open this year, but I think that was a C2. Um, huge win for him. Kerry Warner in third. Lance Haydet, who won uh, Reno Cross, which was a C1, got uh, second. On the women's side, we had Ellen Noble, yeah, crushing it. Gonna just go, gonna go out here on a, on a limb. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that she's as strong as American, right? So I mean, I just, I'm, I I'm not, re- I'm not really out on a limb. No, because yeah, she's yeah. won like a bunch of races in a row Maybe now, right? This is five in a row. I mean, she won because she won Sunday as well. Yeah, you yeah. may not be very far out on a limb, but Katie Keogh's probably got a hacksaw trying to cut that limb off. For behind sure, you. Katie Keogh has won a World Cup this year. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's that's a big big deal. And finished on the podium in the Sensi race. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So one, uh, just, one, yeah. So Katie Keogh is the only American woman to beat Mariana Voss this year. Foreshadowing. Who, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway, I mean, it's it's exciting times. Um, so then they had uh, Sunday was a C two. Um, I actually don't have the podium in front of me, but I think Kerry Warner, Kerry Warner, Warner won it. Sprint finish between Kerry Warner and Gage Hecht, and it was like basically a photo finish, and Kerry Warner. Took That's it. right. I watched uh, Crosshairs Television again. Uh, go check it out, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a little had a little video up, and it was like it w- was really interesting to me, is because Gage led it out into the finishing sprint straight, and it was like a road sprint. And it's like mm-hmm. what you've seen on the road, and and instead of Gage carrying that speed and just leading it out from the front, and, and maybe just getting getting that gap and holding it and winning, he soft pedaled, looked to his right, 
and then Carrie went on his left mm. and got in front of him. Gage, to his credit, got up to him, wheel to wheel. Blindside. Yeah, uh, but Carrie was able to bike throw. Um, quite a finish for a cross race. Go check out that crosshairs episode because it's really good. Yeah, and if anybody's seen the podium photo from that race, I just want you to just, just file that one away in the back of your mind. I'm going to bring that back up a little bit later on in this episode. All right. So that's US uh, that's uh, US CX. We also yeah. had plenty of action. Uh, yeah, we on... haven't talked about I mean, we've been we've been away for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, so... we haven't talked about the last World Cup race in Bern. Bern. And then there's been a couple super prestige races. Uh, should, let's let's just let's just maybe tag some bullet points There like, was a Sudal Classic on Saturday too. Yeah. Let's let's give some thoughts. Um, and and I'm happy to start. Wait, I just want to give a shout out to Katarina Nash who got third. Mm. She had second on the first day and third on the uh, second day. Yeah. So just I feel like I feel like Katarina Nash retired five years ago and still comes back and crushes it like every few races. Honestly, and- we could probably be like 20 years from now. Katarina, you know, Katarina Nash would just show up to a race and get a podium. Yeah. That would have been a perfect segue from U.S. cross to European cross because she's a European who lives, lives in America. the United States. Yeah, she Damn is. it, we missed wow. that. Also, shout out to Clara Hansinger, who got fourth, who is from Portland, my home state. She's young, coming up. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Euro cross. Yeah. Briefly, you want to hit on Burn? Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's talk about Burn. I mean, just and, and I don't want to do race reports or anything from Burn. I mean, it was your typical uh, Matthew Vanderpoel one and yeah. Burning Man himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but what do you think about the wait, course? I wait, mean, to what? me, that uh, was wait. the Burning Man. Yeah, he was in Burn and he was on fire. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. God, I missed that one too. It went right over my head. All right. Um, the course, I think, was the real story of that one. A lot of, lot of, uh, well, lot of tarmac a, on that course, huh? Yeah, that was a lot of. Yeah, it was. It some, was uh, and some concrete uh, little water uh, features. Well, they kind of. They were I dry. There was like a dried fountain that they uh, bunny hopped into and out of. Yeah, yeah, that was really bizarre. That was a little bizarre, and I think some people really hated it. One person who did not hate it and who said so beforehand was Matthew Vanderpol. And oh, it was his course all over. I mean, you couldn't design a better power, course for him. Power course, uh, and uh, yeah, he was just, I mean, yeah, away. Uh, Wout, you know, bridesmaid again. And uh, but yeah, the, we were yeah. back to the we were back to the the world order of of cyclocross. Vanderpol off the front while right. chasing him in second. And because tuned, this was the, first, the best of the rest, yeah, right? First World Cup in Europe, of course. Vanderpol took a break and didn't go do the U.S. World Cup races, but uh, obviously has lost none of his uh, prowess in in the uh, interim. Yeah, and had a softball-sized ankle. Did you see his Instagram post? A few, just a few days before burn. The, that was the... Wasn't that the day before? May have been on the eve of the race. Yeah, he had... I mean, it, his ankle looked like a, a softball. Yeah. Um, or was that the week before? I mean, no, no, I think that was the week of the race. And that was the day, I think that was the day before and it looked like he was, um, yeah, he crashed out basically and his ankle was super swollen and then he comes back the next day and blows everybody away. Well, can we, can we move on to more exciting things, uh, was the women's race. Yes. Which is generally the the case these days, right? Marion Voss and... Yeah, she went toe to toe with Anne Marie Worst. Yep. Yes. Who had beaten her earlier at some other 
race that I'm not going to remember the name of, um, which I thought was interesting just because so far we, we, so Amory Wurst, uh, won the U23 women's in 2017, possibly against Ellen Noble. Right. And this year we've seen Ellen Noble go head to head against, uh, Voss and yeah. lose. Then we saw Amory Wurst go head to head and win. And then the world cup, uh, Amory lost to Voss. Um, but third was Katie Compton. Yeah. So coming back. Yep. Uh, and I think it, you know, obviously Katie Compton has buckets of power, right? And I think it was, it was a power course and I think it's, that suited her really well. Uh, I actually, you know, at first, when I first saw the course in Bern, I was like, ah, I just don't, you know, this seems weird and everything, but I'll tell you what was awesome. This was outside of the Benelux, right? It was outside of Belgium or, or the Netherlands, but big, big crowd. And yeah. well, that was free. I don't know if you heard that it this, was free. They, yeah. they didn't charge admission to get there. So, but, but it was put on by the Ezeki Cross EZK EKZ EKZ as they would say there EKZ uh, Cross organizers. That was the big Swiss uh, series, and it's interesting. I mean, it was like in an urban park, and one of the things I thought about while watching that race was okay. This shows you can put on a cross race anywhere yeah and maybe it doesn't meet all the extreme gnar of those permanent cross courses that we have in belgium and in the netherlands but it it just exemplifies that you can put on a cyclocross race anywhere a world level cyclocross race anywhere and you're still going to have great races yeah no it's a good race and don't get me wrong i'm 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 not saying it that it needed extreme gnar um, I've just, I, I just thought it had a little, I just think it needed a little more grass and dirt. That's my only, when that's I my only thought. Swiss cross. I did not picture that course. Yeah. And, and, and to, yes. to, um, to, to clarify, uh, Matt, it was around the largest outdoor swimming pool in Europe. Yeah. That's when it was. It was, which looked a little green. Thanks. Uh, thanks Ant McCrossin for that, uh, <laughs> bit of information. Big up to our, our boy Ant. Uh, been a couple super prestiges and some suit all races, some of the the the, the undercard type races, mm-hmm. the, the big uh, your Belgian series. Marion Voss seems to be even competitive, looking to compete and win in those as well. I mean, she's she's not raced all of them, but uh, but she she's, did all the super in. she's all in. She's all in on a full full cross season yeah, and and she, looking super duper strong. Yeah, right? she really does look strong. Uh, but some of the interesting stuff we saw, I think, was um, there was the near pelt race on Saturday this weekend, uh, the Sudal race, which uh, it's the near pelt. Is that the night race? No, no, that was the midweek race that um, apparently La- Lars has won four years in a row, ah, okay. uh, which was no. which is in Holland, and you win a big piece, big wheel of cheese. Uh, for the Voss winner. won that as well. Yeah, yeah, and Voss won that as well. All it's Dutch a, affair. A night race, yeah, all Dutch affair. And then the Saturday race was like everybody on Corandon Circus except for MVDP was there. And a couple of the guys from uh, Telenet Fidea were there. Uh, but Lawrence Sweek um, came away with a win. But that was a great, great... I mean, I would recommend if you can find that online. Uh, and it, I think it was on... Uh, the uh, flow bikes channel uh, so if you have flow bikes watch that it was a really the men's race was actually surprisingly exciting to watch because there was no MVDP and there was no Wout and it was toe-to-toe action the whole way super exciting 
Uh, great win for Sweek. Uh, second place. Guess second place. Well, I think I know. David Vanderpool. No, he was third. Okay. But it was his teammate. Uh, German guy. Yes. Oh, Mewson? Mycin. 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 Yeah. Mewson Name was... Name I feel like I haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Mycin. Marcel Mycin was uh, second and, and really rode fantastically. It was a really exciting race. Really good. Good men's race. You know what my favorite thing to do now um, around cyclocross on Mondays? Mm. Go look at the UCI rankings and see who's moved up and who's dropped. Okay. Guess who is finally on the first row now? Oh. In the women's race. In the women's race. Finally on the first row. Uh, Helen Wyman. Nope. Hmm. You might not guess this. Marianne Voss. Yes. She's ranked eighth in the world. Who is the uh, top-ranked American women? Oh, uh, Katie Keogh. Nope. No. Ellen Noble. Nope. Wow. Katie Compton. Yes. Number two. Uh, Helen Wyman is fifth. Katie Keogh is fourth. And Ellen Noble is... 15th. All right. Okay. That's been your rankings game for the day. And because is that because the rankings go back to the year before and everything as well? Yes. So okay. it's a rolling, I believe it's a rolling calendar year Got it. of scores. And so, you know, Voss was, you know. Yeah. Well, she was. As she said, didn't have a great year last year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but all these victories, she's getting, she'll, she'll probably be number one soon. Yes. Um, so, and then, okay. So that was a, that was a really great race to watch, um, the near pelt one. And yesterday was uh, Super Prestige. Uh, I'm gonna remember the name now. I just pulled it up, and it is the Super Prestige Rudevord, uh, which has. Um, remember, like last year, they actually ran it the other way. So they last year they ran it was like there was like a. Uh, climb up onto this like little kind of rise and then drop down into a sand pit where the sand pit was going downhill and there was a long flat sand oh pit. yes and so many people were wiping out in that sand pit last yeah, year yeah but they ran it the other way this year so they wow. actually they come around and they go into the sand pit um, straight along the sand pit and then they climb up the sand pit and uh, or run up the sand pit, I assume. Well, depends who you are, yeah. of course. And uh, MVDP in the men's race was um, was back, and he attacked towards the end of lap one and went away and never came back. And he had at one moment, at one point, he had over a minute lead on everybody else. I'm just gonna say. I'm not one of these guys that wants to see a bunch of like, you know, crash footage all the time. Mm. Um, like that's not really what gets me going about cyclocross, but I have to say the organizer organizers of that race, having watched that last year and watched all those people coming down into that crazy sand pit, yeah. they should always run the course in that direction. I didn't watch the race this year, so I guess I don't know what the for comparison, but well, if it was it's a question like Zonhoven light in yeah. a sense, right? I mean it was like not as not as big a drop as Zonhoven, but uh but kind of like a, a you know a short, fast drop in and then a long sand pit. Um but yeah that was that was fun last year and it was like I don't know. It was it was okay this year. It was it was it was the men's race like I said, it's more exciting to watch a race without MVDP there because he just bossed it all the way. And, and then the women's race, Marianne Voss won the women's race? Yeah, but that yeah. was a really exciting race. It was. A lot of back and forth, um, a lot of excitement. Amory Worst. Worst again. 
looking phenomenal. Uh, looked like she could have won it for a while. And then the third place rider, uh, whose name has now escaped me again. We were just discussing her earlier. Um, she was looking super, super strong. I don't remember her name either. We'll we'll edit it in, but I want you to file that podium photo yeah. away in the back of your mind as well, and we're going to get to uh, that. Along with Carrie Werner. Along with Carrie Werner's, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. You're talking about Kim Vandestein. Yes, Kim Vandestein, Vandestein yeah. 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 She uh, she rode a phenomenal race. Um, I also want to mention a couple of other women's races that have been doing. Uh, uh, Alice Azufi has been really strong this year and this has been i mean last year was a bit of a breakout year in cross for her and this year she's looking very good and pretty consistent i mean like constant top tens she's not always there like right up in the podium area but she's been uh, she's been like doing some second and third places and stuff and riding super strong and she's anna marie Verst's teammate on that 777 team um yeah they're looking really really good so that's, I mean, that's all. pretty much all I've got to say about Eurocross well, for this weekend. Do you know what's coming up? Mm. Is oh, this, week, this midweek, right? Oh, no. Well, I was just going to say this weekend is, is the Pan Ams and the States. Before that, though. And then the Euro champs. I don't know what's happening before that. What's the I venue for the Euro champs? Yeah, Koppenberg is, is, the fir- is the first of November. What, what is that? Th- Friday? It's mid- yeah, it's like, it, that's always uh, a midweek race. Thursday. 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 So Koppenberg, that's a great course. Um, oh, yeah. Up the Koppenberg and through the field to the right of the, they go like about two thirds of the way up the Koppenberg and then turn into a field. And that's, that's always a great, great race. Uh, friend of the podcast, Helen Wyman. Helen Wyman is a former winner of that Has race. Won and, it, yeah. And she's, uh, that's really her specialty is that course. Where are the Euro champs? What's the venue? I don't know. That's a good question. And what about Pan Am? What's the venue for Pan, Pan Am? Pan Am's in Canada. Okay. Uh, this, there's a Silver Goose Cyclocross Festival. And actually, if you listen to a Crosshairs radio episode, they interview the promoter. Um, I think this is his third year promoting races, and he's already got the Pan Am's. It's awesome. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What are we doing wrong? Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway... What's so next? Yolanda Neff is joining uh, Trek. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be racing and with Ellen Noble. And, um, in mountain biking or cross? Yeah, that's a good question. Is she I, coming? I think it's for mountain biking. This is Trek is factory just, racing. Is it just for mountain biking? I Yeah, I would. I don't know because she's done some cross. I mean, maybe she'll show up and cross. do yeah. Maybe she'll show up and do some cross races as well, but that's a super strong women's team. Yeah, right? Trek is uh, really stacking the deck. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Do you, I mean, I guess we don't know what's going to happen to Wout. He's got a team for this year. He's, he's gone to litigation or well, you're a lawyer Townsend. What what's going on between him and arbitration arbitration. I really, yeah, I think there's, le- yeah. I mean, there's legal action involved with this. Yeah. Are you saying that Wout may join the that <laughs> women's team? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to get the segue here. I was just trying to think that, that track is just really grabbing up all the awesome riders and, and they're doing great well, stuff. The, and I mean, from the men's point of view, they have Telenet Fidea, right? Yeah. That's a, a big thing. But Yeah, but they can get wowed. I mean, not, I'm sure they can afford him. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I would say if you're a, if you're a, um, uh, someone who's interested in, in cyclocross racing, a race promoter or a team, team promoter, I don't know, a team director sportif, 
you know, maybe put a team together and build a team around Welt. Let's have a third team. I mean, you've sort of got the the Corndon Circus and the Telenet Fidea juggernauts. How about a nice third men's team in there somewhere? Right. Well, of course, remember, next year, Wout is going to be on uh, Lotto and El Yumbo on the road. We don't know that. Yeah, we do. He's already signed for, for them for next year. Mm, no? 2020. The question is, what's going to happen next year for road? That's what's going on in the courts. Right. But yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I mean. I mean, next, next year. Yes. So if Yellow Lotto were to form a cyclocross team, then mm. they would certainly be far and away my favorite team ever. Is Unfortunately, Boom no longer. is no longer going to be on Yellow Lotto. He's going to, uh, I think, uh, oh, one of the lower... He's, gone, he's going to um, Pro Conti team. Couldn't tell you. Uh, Roompot. He's going to Roompot. Well, in other transfer news, I mean, I think the, the biggest transfer news is that uh, Gaviria is actually going to go to UAE. He is leaving Quickstep. Yeah, that was like a uh, that was gonna happen, and then Quickstep got, got their new window uh, sponsor. Window which, sponsor. What's their name? I don't know. Doining Cook, I think. I think that's pretty close. Is it Doining Cook? Okay. Doining Cook, Quickstep. All right, beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think Quickstep. You can just say Quickstep because it's English words. Well, I think that. Window company paid a lot of money for you to say their name, so... Well, they need to tell us how you, to say it. I think you can probably listen to the cycling podcast. Yeah, defer to Rob Hatch. Rob Hatch will tell you. Yeah. That's where I got my amazing pronunciation. Tuninkuk. All right. What so, else is going on in the world of cycling? Um, Did well, you guys check out this uh, Phil Guyman um, hill climb? Yeah, hill world, climb World worlds. hill climb championship? I, no, I didn't check it out because I was racing a bike. Uh, who's the hill climb world champion? Phil Guyman. Who who I saw a video of him attacking somebody. Was that Peter Stetna? Yes. Okay. So he attacked Stetna and uh, won. He uh, he basically said he uh, he like timed it perfectly that where at a moment when Stetna would not be in top form and uh, and he would. So so at uh, what point in that race did they drop all the guys from Sky and uh, Movistar <laughs> and uh, all of the classic? Yeah, this is European not climbers. this is not a UCI level event. Right. Uh, so it's a World Championship, well, kind of the same there, way that World Series kind of, is a World Series. Yeah, but there, ironically, there was like this weekend was another. Uh, there was the uh, Taiwan KOM Challenge was this same weekend. Yeah. Which Vincenzo Nibali won last year. Last year, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like the single speed world championships that just happened in Bend, right? Yeah. So now, just I, I don't know if Phil Gaiman has to get a tattoo of a mountain or like a Strava kudos sign on his butt now, but. Well, I've got a question for you guys about it because Phil, during the. Um, because he won last year, right? Amazingly, uh, he won his own race last year as well. He didn't host it. Whoa. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Knocked my mic over. Uh, he did not host it last year. Okay. Uh, and I think it was in Colorado last yeah. year. But during the last year, was he's it been in wearing. Washington? He has a skin suit, right? That is like a, um, a Hill Climb World Champion skin suit with cookies on it, you know, that he has. That's a, yeah. Oh, no, it's a U.S. That's right. He has the U.S. champs. Yeah. He, there one. was a USAC put on Hill Climb, Hill Climb Championships that's at right. Mount Washington. It's uh, not world champs. That's okay. Yeah. So that's what, yeah. He was wearing that skin suit during the race. I was like, is that okay? Can you wear the champion jersey? But it's not the world champion jersey. Exactly. But there was a U.S. champion up for grabs. So is that apropos? 
to wear the U.S. champion jersey during a race where the U.S. champion is up. Well, to hang rest. on. Do you, if you if you are racing in the road worlds, do you and you're the national champion? Do you wear your national no. champ? You you wear, you wear the, your team. You wear your, your nation your kit. nation kit. Yeah, yeah. So well, I don't you know. Might, you might we have gotta, a band on your arm. Yeah, we got to talk about that one, Phil. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of kit, do we want to, Matt? You said you had some new trash or panache you wanted to bring well, out. Well, so yeah, because of that, let's talk trash or panache. Yeah. Who tried to match the panache of the guru? so my outfit's tight. When it comes to panache, I can't be beat. Trash or panache, guys. I've got some pictures here on my on my phone. Uh, so I'm going to start with back to cyclocross. Okay. And you got to do a little describing of this for our listening audience. All right. So we know that uh, Tom Pidcock left Telenet Fidea, right? After one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Left Telenet Fidea. And now has his own team, TP Racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what we think trash about. on that name. Yeah, trash, trash or panache racing. TP. TP. <laughs> well, for Americans, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a no go. But uh, here you go, guys. What do you think? The kits and the bikes, and the combo of the two. What do you think? Oh, they map map kits. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm gonna say trash on the combo of the kits and the bikes, but I'm gonna say panache on the kits. Yeah, I'm going to go with a panache on the kits and a panache on the bikes, but trash on the combo. Combo is ridiculously awful. Why? Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that like a standard paint job for the S-Works there? For for you guys, Matt, you didn't describe for the listening audience what we're looking at, but we're looking at a a very nice kind of classy dark blue map kit with uh, looks like a reddish orange sort of uh logo on it yeah. um, and then pidcock of course is in the british national champs uh only for under 23 yeah i think so right yeah under yeah whatever. and then this sort of like gaudy looking fluorescent orange and dayglo yellow bicycle i'll say See? this though it's really easy to pick out his bike during a race and he had a He's been, he's had a they've had the whole team's had a horrible start to this yeah, season yeah he really has but, so, but- yesterday just to go back there, yesterday he crashed. Both of both him and Dan Tullett crashed. They both got crashed in the first corner in the through the hole shot because um, they were they were starting way back and there was a big pile up and and uh, but you could see Pitcock work his way up actually to the chase group worked his way up to the chase group and then crashed in the final corner onto the onto the final straight and he still he still got a top 10 but he was like looking for maybe like a sixth the uh, sixth place or whatever phenomenal ride and obviously his form is looking really okay good. well he obviously needs a new bike because he's crashing that one he's riding too much and he needs to repaint it so he doesn't crash it as much well, see, next that bike is the bike that i believe magli rochette right rochette yep. rides and that looks good so i guess i don't know why it's, it's just, just not, the combo of the not, kits and yeah. the bike doesn't work yeah. Move on. Swipe right. All right. Oof. Okay. All right. Whew. Tough room. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, well, here we go. Or is it let's, swipe left? I'm not I'm not up with my uh, tender. I let's forgotten. go road. 
Okay, Matt, you and I have had this discussion. We're looking at the Valverde uh, World Champs jersey. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to really screw up a World Champs jersey because it's basically a white jersey with yeah. the rainbow stripes. Well, there, there are rules. Yeah, there are rules about how you have to do it. Yeah. Um, it's not like a national jersey where they can they they can really screw it up. Yeah. Trash on those glasses, those white glasses. No. Yes. Disagree. So no, it's I don't, Oakley. Looks like a Q-tip. He's yeah, wearing, he's wearing the Oakley. Yeah, uh, well, get job. a different get a different colored frame. No the white frame with the white helmet with the white jersey. Fine. No yeah. problem, no issues there whatsoever. Yeah, I'd put a black helmet on that and it'd look a lot better. Still with the white glasses, though. How about that? Uh, um, I think that, uh, that I only have one issue with this outfit. Uh, okay, and I think what you're going to say about it is that the Movistar logo is in the wrong color. Yes, the Movistar blue is too pale. Yeah, for the kit, they should have gone with the dark Movistar blue. Agreed. Yeah, and then that kit would have been perfect. Yes. So you guys are trashing it or panashing it? I'm trashing it. I'm, I'm, that's a that's a cop out. There's no trash. Yep, there's no trash. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna panash it because uh, it's hard not to panash a world champs jersey. I'm gonna trash it because they they only had one thing to get right and they got it wrong. I'm gonna okay. trash it. Wow, this is Belvedere. Yeah. This is a tough crowd tonight. All right, go ahead, swipe right. Okay. Swipe okay. left. Is it swipe Let's, left or swipe right? I Let's stay with Valverde. Don't I've been remember. married for a long time. I don't remember. Staying with Valverde. Trash. Trash. Wow. We're looking at the I bike. Them, we're yeah, we're I looking at the bike them now. Valverde's bike, his world champion bike. Uh, you know what that reminds me of? An orangutan's butt. No, sorry. No. Uh, it reminds me of some bad. A baboon. <laughs> it reminds me of some bad late 90s graffiti. It's got like a spray painted graffiti fork and front end. I'm no su- good. I'm surprised that Canyon uh, did this. I think this was like a Friday afternoon job. It's like street graffiti, man. It's 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 no good, man. The back half of the bike looks gorgeous. Gorgeous. The front, the front third of the bike looks... Like somebody vomited colors on it. Which they did. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you just didn't need to... They should have just... If they'd have kept with hard edges on everything, it That's would right. be perfect. That's exactly what I was going to say. Canyon... What is what do you think when you think what do you think when you think of Canyon? You think I just of, ripped my headphones out. I was so yeah. upset by it. You, you, when you think of Canyon, you think of clean, crisp mm. lines, yeah. very angular, very proper, uh, and that looks like a very proper, angular, perfect bike that has and, some like. Uh, and while we're here, I want to bring your attention to Valverde's saddle position. Oh, the setback seat post with the slammed forward saddle why yeah why don't you just use a zero setback what is going on there that is crazy there's something to it got to be something to it well it, it obviously works for him yeah Let's i mean that way. I, I don't know well, about i mean the, if you you know you sleep in a coffin you have certain fit limitations i i don't understand like slammed forward setback post i yeah okay all right all right what's next all right we got one more i think here uh guys oh Here's another one, and oh, no, that's a picture of my daughter. All right, Panache from the six day uh, from the six day race uh, track race in London this week. This is Adam Blythe and John Dibbon wearing Multaney jerseys. Yeah, and it's a it's just a straight throwback. You know what? You know what I like about that the best. I don't understand. Is is Multaney a sponsor? Yeah. Multane, I think that's the uh, I think that's the uh, managing director. Trash. Multaney in between them. Okay, so I, I panache something it. new. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, I have to say, Bodie, to, to if you're if you're trashing it because it is just truly a straight copy of an old jersey, I'm, assu- I'm assuming they're using some technical fabrics on that, and then it's not made of wool like they were back <laughs> in the '60s. But that is that is the spitting image of the classic Maltini jersey, down to the fact that it's a quarter zip. It is. A you notice that? I did notice that. It's not a full zip. Yeah. Jersey. It's obviously a modern jersey. It's made by Callas. Yeah. The, uh, you know the. Um, who make the British kits. Uh, but you're right. They didn't dream up anything new. It's not an homage to the Maltini jersey. It is the Maltini jersey of the 60s. You put Ed, you put Eddie Merckx's head on that, and, and it's, it's, it is it. Yeah, but it's a special edition for the London Six Day. It says London on the side, and it has little uh, the little Six Day. You know day. what that looks like? Nope. <laughs> a little, little jersey, little leader's jersey for a race that you and I promoted. Oh, yeah. You're right. It does look a little bit like the Pontchartrain Beach <laughs> Summer Series jersey. I just trashed it. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, uh, I'm, <laughs> Matt, what's your vote? I'm going to say Panache. I yeah. mean, I, I think it's I think it's great that they. Um, I mean, it it would be trash if it was like they were just like doing it for the sake of it. But Malt, but apparently Maltani is still making sausages. And uh, I was going to ask, what is a Maltani? Maltani is, is sausages. Hmm. Yeah. Tasty. So is that it? Is that, that all you got? That's, from your, that's my yeah. trash or panache. So I want to throw a little trash or panache out at you guys now. All right. And I, I don't I don't have the, the, the pictures to, to pull up. Or actually, I think I do. Well, maybe mm-hmm. on my computer here, if you'll bear with me for a second. But yeah. um, it's it's more a, uh, it's more of a, a category of, of, of things as opposed to the thing itself. Podium pants. Mm. See that a lot in cyclocross. You don't see it so much in road racing because of the fact that, you know, cyclocross is an, an autumnal and winter sport. Yes. Such that it's a bit cooler out. So you might want to you might want to warm down with your with the uh, some layers on your mm. legs after the race as opposed to just staying in your in your shorts. So a lot of people put on some sweats. I guess that's kind of how it started. Um, now you've got people that have designed these uh, pants specific for the podium ceremony that are layered with sponsor logos and all sorts of crazy stuff. We, we talked about uh, we talked about the podium in the the super prestige with that's with, right uh, Kim Vandenstein. Yes um, you guys can see this on my computer right now. Mm. There is literally logo all down the thigh and front of the of the shin of that pant. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Trash or panache on the podium pant? Instant trash, but yeah, I, I, and it looks terrible. You know what that looks like? Um, NASCAR. It looks like it, well, it just looks like you know the Green Man costume, except it's yellow. Well, it it makes me think of the worst Italian, uh, not even pro Conti, but Conti team, like with like everybody's uncle and cousin is a sponsor of this team. Yeah. And they've got to fit it on somewhere, it, everywhere. It looks like a fire suit for a for a race car driver to me. It, it, it does. Yeah, it does. And you know what the worst thing is about it that you can't even see there is that she's wearing pink sneakers with that banana suit. Yeah. And it looks absolutely dreadful. Well, the pink sneakers are probably the best part of it. Um, well, they would be on their own, but not with that combo. Because yeah, they don't pink, even match pink, in any way. Pink sneakers. I mean, look. I mean, There's we got wrong with pink sneakers, but they don't match that yellow and pale blue. I'll, I'll take a on. pink sneaker over a croc on a podium any day. <laughs> so uh, you guys see Kerry Warner in uh, Sensi, his podium pants from yeah. uh, the C two race on Sunday. Very jazzy. Uh, so I, see, I, I just don't get the like. 
that's fine. Wear your podium pants, but I don't understand. It doesn't. Where is it tying in with the regular kit? Is it? How does it tie into a sponsor? What's what's the theme? I'm well, not I'm not seeing a theme there. I'm you not... can't see it because it's hidden by the fact that Carrie Warner's pants are floral patterned, but they actually are sponsor correct. Those are Kona podium pants. But you just can't match. read the logos. But why why would he not be wearing some that actually matched his kit? Uh, I don't know. You'd probably have to ask either Carrie Warner or the Kona company. I'm guessing maybe that has it's some sort of like Hawaiian sort of mm. themed vibe going okay. on there. Okay, okay. I'm getting the because theme now. I'm seeing it. But it's it nothing doesn't... better than a, um, a brand that's Canadian having a Hawaiian theme. Uh, Gage Hecht, on the other hand, is wearing some, some tasteful black pants mm. uh, with a large sponsor logo running in the correct direction up the leg on that podium photo. Yeah. Uh, and to me, those look like the, the sorts of pants that are actually designed specifically to keep his legs warm mm. uh, and not to offend everybody that's looking at them. Well, you know who looks the best there in that shot is obviously Stephen Hyde, resplendent in the USA Champions kit. Showing off his tattoos. And showing off his legs, too, because yeah. he doesn't need any pants because he's a badass. Yeah. I think his uh, mustache is probably so big and, and full that it's actually keeping his legs warm, too. Yeah, and what you can't see on that podium shot is um, the fact that he has his podium car in front of the shot, which is an awesome uh, firebird in the um, with the with a big flaming chicken on the front that's actually in Stars and Stripes. You can't see that in the shot. Okay, I don't yeah. think that exists because we know that the UCI does not allow podium cars in the scene. <laughs> but if he was allowed a podium car, it would be probably like a seventy-seven or seventy-eight firebird. Just going to say. Trans Am. All right. Well, speaking of cars, speaking of jets, mm. our friend of the podcast, Thomas Gibbons. Yes. Is Florida State road racing champ. That is correct. Congratulations, yeah. Thomas. Congratulations, Thomas. Yeah. Kudos. And he posted his stride on Strava. Mm. I took a little peruse because I was curious. Uh, I heard that he was in like a 60-mile break. Like two or three yeah, other guys? 90, yeah. He told me it was a 90-kilometer break, a three-man 90K break. Yeah. Yikes. So I was curious to look at, I want to look at his data, and he had all his power uh, zones there for me to view, and uh, my jaw dropped to the ground, or maybe not, maybe, but I looked at his zones, and his high power, Thomas Gibbons' high zone two was my zone five. His endurance zone. Yeah. Mm. Was, was your my, uh, threshold. No, above Upper, above threshold. Yeah. yeah. What do you call that? Threshold Something plus. VO2, uh, VO2 max. max. Yeah. 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 Ouch. Yeah. Well, your numbers are better than mine, so imagine where that puts me. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I believe his I think his normalized power for the entire race was like three hundred and fifteen watts or something like that. Uh yeah. He's a beast. He's a monster. Yeah. And uh I actually uh my friend uh Enrique uh jumped actually kind of like um jumped in his ride by accident the other week and i was like oh you rode with thomas and he was like oh yeah those guys were like you know i i, I kind of just happened to, upon their like morning ride and uh and then he was uh his uber driver the other day um was like saying how his brother finished second in the state championship race so uh finished second to thomas apparently so it's a very small world down there in I miami guess so. yeah but uh, yeah, kudos. That's a that's a, a 
tough race. He said that that was a really, really hard, hard race. So, Bodhi, you're thinking about uh, doing some training to try to get those numbers up. Indeed, indeed. And I uh, wanted to talk to Matt a little bit about some uh, some tech real quick before we mm. close this episode out. We're getting close oh. to the, getting a little long in the tooth, as they say here tonight. We are, but is it, does it mean it's techno time? I think it is. Bop, 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 bop. As is techno time. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm making a comeback. I've you know raced six times now in the five times in the last two weekends. Yeah, but I've got some goals next season. I want to do some more crits. Um, but I've fully embraced the 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 uh, master's mentality of I've got a limited amount of time to train. Mm. Um, I'm I'm going all in on the smart trainer. So the Bissaheimers are going to invest in a smart trainer. So Matt, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the kicker. Yeah, uh, there's also the little bit cheaper kicker core. Mm. But uh, I mean, any tips for setting up for getting the trainer and setting up my little pain cave? And you know, what 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 should I do? Pain cave tips. Yeah. So okay, first thing is yes, you want a smart trainer. Obviously, that is. That's that's the basis. It's gonna, I mean, yeah, we're only doing it if we can get a smart trainer. Yeah, get the smart trainer. Uh, the kicker core seems like a pretty good deal. Um, it's just less portable, I guess, than the main kicker. Yeah. I don't exactly. think that doesn't seem to be a huge disadvantage to getting the kicker core. Or you can also get a uh, refurbed kicker uh, series two probably for pretty good deal these days let me make this point about the difference between the two and i know this is an issue with you guys bodie because your girlfriend emily is uh riding 11 speed and you're riding 10 speed uh that's going to cause some problems with the regular kicker because it's a static uh cassette unless you're going to change the cassette every time you guys swap back and forth uh with your bikes with the kicker core i don't i believe you just uh there's no cassette no, the kicker core is the same as the kicker. It's the kicker. What's the the lower one, which is the wheel on? We're not going to do that. Is oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was the kicker core. No, no, no there are three kickers now. Sorry. Well, so, so the kicker core does not. This come is why with Matt's it. doing tech talk and not you. Yeah. So the big the big issue you don't want to be swapping cassettes out. So obviously, Bodhi, you got to go 11 speed. That that's probably what I'll have to Once do. Once again, Bodhi, you need a new bike. Yeah. <laughs> So first of all, to... get a new bike, then get a kicker. Okay, uh, question. Do I need a mat put on the ground? Uh, depends. They're always trying to sell that with you, like a mat, like a, like a yoga mat looks like. I think you can put, you can just get a cheap yoga mat. Yeah, you just want do something you... to keep the sweat off the floor that you can just wipe Do I really need a fan? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. You definitely Hard need a yes on that one. I would say, and, and <laughs> Maybe I have- Maybe two. You might want two fans. Oh, I, I have two. I have two Vornado fans. And believe me, when you're doing um, when you're doing intervals on there, especially if you, do, I don't know how good your air conditioning is in your room and everything, but I would say two fans. You want two fans, full blast. Yeah, definitely. Wow. The more fans, the better. Do I need? I mean, so do I got to do Zwift? You don't have to do Zwift. No, there uh, there are several. I would say there are three main options right now. Uh, okay. There's Zwift which is awesome. 
there's new courses. You can create custom workouts. They have built-in workouts. Well, that's fine. I plan on having my own workouts that I just in. need to like. Yep. Need so the, to. The, so it's easy enough to to create those in Swift. It's very I think it's easy a to bit easier to create them in Trainer Road. I think they're both very easy these days. So yeah. what is tra- is Trainer? I don't. Trainer Road is not a thing. You is a thing you watch. It's well, like you're watching data, data on Trainer oh. Road. There's Trainer Road is like. So I would say go with Swift because you can also do like regular free rides or whatever. You can also do races, which will kick your ass. Trust me, they will. Uh, racing in Zwift is super hard. I don't know that I'm at the point where I want to trade in real racing. I'll trade in my if you've got an intervals hour, for cartoon racing. But remember, the whole point of these things is like I have got an hour to kill, and I need to get in a kick-ass workout. No, it's not. I don't have an hour to kill. I have not an hour I to kill. Only an hour. Yes, I need to do these intervals. Yeah, but you it might. It takes me a half an hour to get to the lake front. I will. T- I will tell you this right now. My best ever 20 minute power was in was the first 20 minutes of a Zwift race. So you could just like, I need to do a FTP test and jump into a race. You could jump into a race and you will knock out an FTP test. Yes. <laughs> I will say that there is something to that because you're not just watching your numbers. You're trying to keep up with, well, I don't, I'll call them actual people, but they aren't actual people. They're, oh. they're actual emoticon or they're actual avatars of real people. Yeah. You're trying to keep up with real people's numbers and you're seeing a cyclist on the road in front of you. And, and you so you're trying to with- hang with the, with the pack. It's, yeah. It is. It's like trying to hang in the, with the pack without getting dropped. And you could be in a race with a hundred and fifty people of multi of different like, you know, abilities and stuff, and you're gonna say, How long can I stay on with this front group? And then I'm gonna say, How long can I stay on with this second group? And it's like, okay, I'm in the third group now, I'm in the fourth group or whatever, but you're still trying to hang on for dear life the whole time. So it's a workout. In summary, get a new bike. Yep. Get uh either the kicker or the kicker core. Yeah. Uh, probably get Zwift and get two fans and get on it. And then we got to talk the other hardware is like what you're going to display this on. Uh, from the point of view of Zwift. That's a good question. I would say get uh, my my recommendation would be to get um, uh, the recent um, your, your best budget thing to do. You can either do it through your laptop or whatever. But I would say the best budget thing to do to have a permanent setup is to get uh, an Apple TV because you can get it on your Apple TV. And a cheap monitor, big monitor, and you can get a cheap well, or or just hook it up to your TV, right? Well, uh, yeah, no, but then you then you got to keep your TV in your pain cave. You don't want your TV. It's in gonna your pain cave. It's going to live in my our office. That's right. It's I'm gonna face. I had I've got the spot. There's a couch there now mm. that's been needing to go. So the couch is yeah. going to go in the non dedicated screen. Is an amateur move. Yeah. You got to have the dedicated screen. And I just found can't out, have this thing hooked up to your TV. I just found out today room. because my main TV just died. And so I actually have my kicker TV is actually in my living room right now. <laughs> but you can get a 4K 43-inch TV for like 250 bucks these days, which is insane. Okay. Yeah. So there you have it. That's the end of Tech Talk for this week. Thank you, Boom. Matt. All uh, right. Do well, we have any listener feedback this week, Bodie? You know what? We did not this week, but we got a message a while ago from a friend of the podcast, chip parker mm. and uh he just wanted to, teammate of ours yeah he wanted to say that he really enjoyed um the podcast with alan krugoff he said we did a great job he's one of the best episodes yet very informative and entertaining yeah. so 
Thanks to Chip for listening. Thanks to Alan for coming on the podcast. And glad glad you enjoyed it. You know, it's funny. I felt the same way about that episode. It's so nice to listen to an episode, and we got to keep this in mind and get some more guests on this uh, podcast. But, you know, I'm listening to it, and I'm hearing Alan talk. And even though I was live when we were recording it, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I'm enjoying listening to this guy talk because it yeah. wasn't just the three of us talking. So yeah, agreed. it's fun to listen to even for me. Uh, I think everybody who I've talked to that listened to that episode uh, really, really enjoyed hearing Alan. And uh, why wouldn't they? He was he a was, uh, super great guest. So uh, real quick, before we uh, tail off here, we've talked about upcoming race events locally. There is also going to be some Lambra business happening. There's a Lambra business meeting in... Uh, Ridgeland, the Saturday of uh, Rolando's uh, Ridgeland uh, Cyclocross Festival. That is uh, probably going to be sometime around a happy hour time in the afternoon after the races. The Saturday 17th. evening, the 17th of November. Uh, we'll have Lambra um, uh, officer elections and have a short business meeting. Uh, and then once that business is concluded, we're going to turn the planning calendar over to some of the local race directors pass that around a bit let people eye the weekends that they want for races and then we're going to have a second meeting uh, here in new orleans uh, the saturday of the dsgp new orleans race uh, that's saturday december the 8th and again we'll probably do that after the races sometime a happy hour happy hour time and uh, so folks that are active in lambra and that want to be involved in lambra um please consider coming out to those uh, to those meetings. Awesome. I don't think I'm going to throw my hat back in to be upgrade coordinator again. I hope so you will. I'll, I'll, make a, I'll make a good speech on why you should vote for me again. Yeah, maybe next week we can uh, undertake a little upgrade conversation because we had some interesting, interesting developments this Very weekend true. in Ridgeland. I'm trying to upgrade to a three, and I'm getting kind of close. And we had some interesting developments and some questions about field size and categories and whether or not I'm actually going to get some USAC upgrade points for my performance this week. But we'll leave that for another time. All right. Well, um, once again, guys, so if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please give us an email at yeahyourride at gmail.com. Go to iTunes. Uh, rate us. Review us. Mm, please do. Um, it helps people find this podcast. Uh, Townsend, why don't you uh, start the sign-offs? All right. Well, this is the T-Bone saying, I will see you guys on November 10th at the Swamp Otter World Championships. Oh, didn't realize we were awarded in Jersey. But there's a world champions jersey I, I, I for mean, the best swamp otter. I mean, if if um, you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's a, that. You just dropped a bomb on me there. I, I didn't realize that. Uh, well, guys, I'm I'm gonna say I'm really bummed that I missed this last weekend of racing. It looked awesome. I was super jealous and seeing like you guys came home with some hardware, uh, and uh, I am. Um, 93 and a half percent sure that i'm gonna race next weekend at uh dsgp number one in baton rouge on my new dugasts Ooh, nice. all right and this is the Bodie Bodie saying i will see you sunday dsgp in baton rouge and i will most likely see the other folks at tour de parish on saturday shout out to our friend and teammate david huff who's hosting the ride um good night Thank you.